All right. Welcome back to Outside Our Element. You're here with Alex. Joining me, of course, as always, is Iowa, a.k.a. the Belly Button Bandit. Yo, yo. Also joining me is Hasley, a.k.a. the Grove Street Geisha. What's going on, Hasley? What it do? You put the gay back in Geisha. And I You're appreciate welcome. that about you. That's, that's a compliment. You should see the silk. Sorry, guys. No gaming videos this week. It's <laughs> <laughs> Jablin Jables. But um, no, uh, uh, it's it's been a while. Um, I know the audience has been going crazy. I want to just first off apologize to all the listeners. We've gotten a lot of messages um, through the email and just wanted to say we got your request. We hear you. Overwhelming amount of messages. And uh, by popular demand, here we are back again. Uh, <laughs> glad to be back in the closet with you guys because coming out is <laughs> never easy. No. Well, we're going to go ahead and start it off uh, this week with a conversation near and dear to our hearts. First topic is Battle of the Beers. Mm. So what I've done is I've created a bracket of 16 different types of beer. I've randomized uh, the bracket in order of which beers are going against each other. What will happen is I will give you guys two options of beers. If you agree on one that you prefer over the other, it'll move on to the next round. If there's a tie, if you disagree, you will each have 30 seconds to pitch me on why the beer that you think is better, and then you will have a 15-second rebuttal. We'll alternate who goes first on the pitch every other time that it happens. Any questions? Dilly dilly. None. Perfect. We're starting off with the epic round, our epic battle of blondes versus Mexican beer with lime. I'm going to lean towards the Mexican beer, but you won't have to try hard if you're trying to pitch opposite. I, I think I'm with you. I don't drink a lot of blondes. Yeah. I think Dallas Blonde is yeah. the only one that comes to mind. I do appreciate Dallas Blondes, but I don't drink it probably as much as I would a Dos Equis or something right. like that. Firehouse Blonde is also a pretty Firehouse is Fireman 4 yeah. a blonde? Yeah. 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 That's a that's a solid blonde as well. I agree, but that's two versus... There's quite a few Mexican beers, and specifically the caveat of with lime. Shoot, I'm not a big fan of Tecate, but you put lime in there, and I can drink it all day. Absolutely. All right, guys, it's been decided. Uh, round our uh, matchup number two: Pilsner versus wheat, a wheat ale. Ooh. I, I will actually deflect to you because I don't really care for either. Fuck them both. Let's go Pilsner. Yeah, let's do it. Pilsner's in. <laughs> yeah, Pilsner's in. Pilsner. Now, how many Pilsners can you name? Negative one. Wait, does the Pillsbury Doughboy count? I think they make one in Milwaukee. Milwaukee's best. That makes sense. I believe Miller Lite is a Pilsner. Mm. No, not. Don't quote me on that. I, I already did. Um, the listeners are already judging you. Perfect. Uh, <laughs> I, by the way, I know a shit ton about beer. So if anything I say isn't true, then wherever you read it is false. <laughs> All right, Trump. All right, number three, stout versus an amber. Oh, stout. I actually like stout more than yeah. amber. Every Oof. time I go to like a Mexican restaurant and they have Dos Equis, they always ask me like, do you want the amber or the lager? And I'm like, is it even a choice? Yeah, it's the lager. It's kind of an insulting kind yeah. of thing. I've never met an amber I liked. Yeah, I mean, neither. I hooked up with an amber once. What was his name? I'd, I'd, I'd never <laughs> hooked up with an amber. Um, it was amber. Next Spoiler up, we alert. have Shandy's. Versus sours, sours. Yeah, I'm gonna have to lean with sours yeah. as well. The shandies are I don't know, too sweet for me. 
Excellent. A lot of, a lot of testosterone in this building. Women shandies, whatever. Maybe for the wife. <laughs> you know what I mean. Yeah, I like shandies. Um, <laughs> next up, we have Pale Ale versus Hefeweizens. You know, uh, I'm going to jump in here because I know you're a fan. Um, I will go with the Pale Ale. Like that's how much I dislike Hefeweizens. That's no, that's exactly what I was going to say. If I wanted juicy fruit as a beer, or is that what it is? Juicy fruit? It's the the gum that tastes good for 30 seconds and then you have to spit it out. That's what I think the Heffen whatever is. It's Alex bland. likes them. It's it's a it's a very feminine beer. Yeah. I don't know anyone that likes Hefeweizens <laughs> as much as me. <laughs> I've heard it weakens your stream. This isn't about me, right? This is about you guys. So Hefeweizens win. Thank you. Um, You're also next, outnumbered. Next up, we have Porter versus Dunkles. Oh, hands down, Porters. I don't know what a Dunkle is. Okay. Um, Franconia Dunkel. Just a suggestion. Feel free to get culture. Otherwise, you swine can keep drinking your Porters. Yeah, I, 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 if, I don't know what that is, but I, I like Porters. They remind me of Stout. I, I read somewhere that Dunkles weaken your stream, so <laughs> I'm going to stick with my Porters. Depends on how many you have. Yeah, well, uh, joke's on you. I cherish my bathroom time. <laughs> so you have a naturally drip, heavy flow. The drip doesn't bother me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't know how this segment turned into you two versus me. Because but... <laughs> you picked the wrong ones. You didn't go with obvious. All right, let's fight this one out. You went with. Oh, okay, nice. next round. IPA versus brown ale. Thank you. IPA. I, I'm not a fan. This might be the first one. I agree. I know the that. only brown ale I drink though is Newcastle, and I'm a fan. I love Nito Bandito. Nito Bandito is a brown ale. Yes, really? it is. I thought that would fall in like the Mexican beer category. It's a brown ale. It shows my ignorance. There. While I do like Newcastle and Nito Bandito, I have to respectfully disagree. I don't think I'm gonna be able to sway Alex on this. He's not a Newcastle man either. Um, I think that where I got into Newcastle was traveling, you know, being abroad, being cultured, and I think that you know, I don't have that in Mesquite. Yeah, you are the most beautiful are never broad. Understand my point. Well, hold on. Here. If we dis- technically, if we yep. disagree, the rule is I seconds. will only pick based on your pitch, not based on my preference. So if this is it, thirty seconds on the clock. <laughs> I will go first since Hasley threw his microphone out of disbelief. No, I was dropping it because all I had to say is IPAs. I will have 30 done. seconds to convince me on brown ales. Go. Well, first of all, brown ale is the official beer of Arsenal and Major League Football. So Invalid. That's, that's the first two points. I'm talking about English football. Go, real football. Go Gunners. Go Gunners. So uh, that's one. Uh, and that's all I got. That, Doesn't even need his 30 seconds. I can respect it. Sending it over to you, Hasley. First of all, when's the last time that you've had a beer and started feeling a pretty good buzz? I would recommend an IPA for that. Not only is it higher in alcoholic content, it also is higher for the taste buds. So only those who have uh, an acquired taste for something cultured, similar to as you asked, would go for an IPA-type beverage. Also, the selections of uh, Lagunitas, You've got to love the uh, Stone IPA. I particularly love the Community Mosaic. I'm pretty sure you just hit 30 seconds, though I don't have a timer. Rebuttal time for Iowa. 15 seconds. Go. I think that you're confusing these beers with Nelly beer, because all those things that you said apply to Nelly beer. And two IPAs taste like the juice from a pine anus. Okay. Absolutely. Thank you for a rebuttal. Hasley, one more time. Rebuttal this. 
My rebuttal is very simple. If you like dudes, you're going to definitely choose the brown ales. I had a brownie once. <sighs> Tough decision. I was really leaning IPA until the dude part, and now I'm not sure. I can tell by your shirt. Um, <laughs> he fancies the periwinkle blue. Purple's a color of royalty. <laughs> Said so in a GQ article written by <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm in culture. All right, I think IPA is going to take that one. So IPA moves on. Here for the bros. And last <laughs> up in round one will be Lager versus Box. Ooh. That's a good one. Yeah, that is a good one. Mm. I'm going to lean more towards the Box. J- mostly, uh, I mean, I, I, I like it's a darker taste to me. Uh, it's not as light, and it has more of a filling taste. I'm with you. Shiner is in regular rotation here. Or they should be. And uh, I seek it out wherever I go. Even Ziggy. Yep. Absolutely. All right, guys. Bach will take that when we're done with the first round. Before moving to the second round, are there any types of beers that I left out that you wish I would have thought of before? O'Doyle rules. Okay. Anything else? No. Isn't that a non-alcoholic beer? You left Foster's out. I don't know what that counts as. Uh, it's Australian for beer. <laughs> oh. I didn't speak fluent. I don't. Uh, to so. be honest with you, I don't know what, <laughs> what Foster's is, but uh, I don't believe you actually drink it. So I count it as an IPA due to again said alcoholic content. Uh, you know, it's a guest request. Just Belgian ales. Belgian, yeah, Belgian ales would have been a great one. Absolutely. Yeah, over half for sure. Know, I'm not here to to be fickle. Yeah, so. over Dunkel probably. I don't know what a Dunkel is. Yeah, but let's not rewrite the script. Let's just keep going. <laughs> <laughs> Back up to the top of the bracket, second round. We got Mexican beer with lime against Pilsner. I gotta go Mexican beer with lime. Yeah, no question. Got it. Mexican beer wins. All right, next up we have Stout versus Sour. Stout. Saw that one coming by a mile. (laughs) Pale Ale versus Porters. I mean, I'm Pale Ale. Porters. Alrighty, 30 seconds on the clock. Hazel, you're up first. Convince me, pale ales. I mean, it's to me, like, like, I can't go. I don't care for them that much. I just like them more than porters. There's there's not really a valid argument because I, I agree that porters have more quality, like the, the, the chocolatey coffee t- kind of taste. I just prefer a lighter, I don't know, it's more, it, it, pale ales to me are more of a light beery taste. I'm not. I'm not sold on the interesting argument. take from the guy who's never afraid to challenge somebody else. Iowa, thirty seconds to pitch. Porters are dark. They're mm. rich. Mm-hmm. They're mysterious. Mm. They'll probably take your woman. Mm. Guinness is the 26th most popular beer in the world. I believe it. And <laughs> the entire country of Ireland has embraced that and spread it worldwide. Wow. I'm gonna leave it there. Yeah, I think I got to go pale ales. I get a rebuttal. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. 15-second rebuttal. Hasley, go. The defense rests. Another interesting tactic by Hasley. We'll see how it plays out. Iowa, 15-second <laughs> rebuttal. Throwing it over to you. What else can I say? I think we got this one in the bag. Sounds like you I'm failed. I'm really confident here. You don't even have anything to my rebuttal? Wussy. 
Guys, uh, I appreciate all of your efforts. Uh, this has felt like a pretty easy round for me. Hefenweizen, we'll take it. <laughs> Let the record state he penciled that in. <laughs> Leave his pencil out of this. All right, Porter's moves on to the next round. <laughs> next up, we have IPAs versus box. I feel like I have an unfair bias because IPAs are my go-to for everything. So I'm, I'm leaning towards that. Uh, lubricant? What are we talking about? I thought that, I thought that that was the thing. It it works very well in all situations. That's one of the benefits. Your thirty IPA. seconds isn't on the clock. You, you you're talking IPAs. Do we have a disagreement over here from you, Ira? I think so. Um, I can't name a lot of popular box. I think Shiner's the one that comes to mind. There are a lot of popular IPAs. I said Ziggin. And uh, uh, fuck Ziggin box. <laughs> and uh, I think it's because of you know that awesome market share because it's an amazing beer. So I, I feel like Shiner outweighs many, if not all, IPAs. I know it's probably an unpopular opinion, but I'm just not an IPA man. It doesn't have to be popular. It only has to be popular to the person that you're pitching it to. 30 seconds on the clock, Iowa. Go ahead on box. Oh, I, uh, I think I just did. Perfect. Was Rebuttals it. from Hazel. Rebuttal. Um, have you ever been to the Shiner Brewery? That's what I thought. So I have been, and I've also been to many other breweries that have IPAs along with other things. The IPA is obviously uh, better, again, for the taste. Not saying Shiner is not a good one, but again, you're going off of one Your beer. 15 seconds is up. Great rebuttal, though. Moving it over to Iowa for a 15-second rebuttal. Go ahead. I believe that the IPA stands for India Pale Ale. Am I correct in that? I, b- I believe you are, yeah. Yep. So uh, it's, I mean, we're talking about Texas beer over an Indian beer. I think that pretty much settles this. So you, again, have one beer versus whatever. Everything. You've never even been to their brewery. Guys, 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 settle down. Settle down. We don't need to get physical. I'm going to break you. <laughs> Please don't do this. <laughs> IPA is going to go ahead and move on here. Um, we're down to the final four. First, I just want to thank one of our sponsors, Bud Light. <laughs> where, where else do you get a full body experience for a half wallet price? Bud Light. It's our choice. All right, guys. Back to our normal program. It's our choice. Next up, we have uh, so we're down to the final four, right? These are going to be pretty tough. I think um, I can agree that all of us have had many, many of these back when we weren't sober. Uh, thank God for sobriety. Now. I've never had uh, anything. I uh, so steps works. Um, <laughs> I don't think you finished them. <laughs> um, that's okay. We'll talk later as your sponsor. Um, let's go ahead and, and kick this off. We got Mexican beer with lime versus stouts. Gentlemen, take a second. Never mind. Immediate answers. Uh, Mexican beers. I'm going to have to go Mexican yeah, beers Yeah, I love as stouts, well. but Mexican beers are versatile. Yeah. They're good for all occasions. Truly. I'll drink them in the winter. I'll drink them in the summer. Wow. This is... Uh, Clothed? Unclothed? What, what, about, what about spring or fall? Will you drink? Oh, no. I'm more of a Bach. You're more of an autumnal <laughs> mead. Mexican beers are really running running away with it. Um, you put them against the easy lineup. They have the easiest schedule. Have you seen what they've got against? It was all chosen completely at random whenever I decided which ones would be best. <laughs> <laughs> Next up, guys, Porter's IPAs. What do we got? This is, this is, this is, the, uh, this is the showdown. Yeah, this is the showdown, but I, 
I don't. I feel like I used all my good arguments at the beginning. That's okay. I'm just going to completely disregard them, but you can't use them again. Iowa, you're up first. Thirty <laughs> seconds on porters. I'm going to concede because I feel there's a bias in the room towards uh, pale ales, IPAs in general. Uh, that you're going to pick it anyway. So go fuck yourself, both of you. Can I have my thirty seconds? Absolutely. Iowa, you're a prick. First off, did you not even try to support any reason that we should go with Porter over IPA? But on top of it, you don't understand that Porter, uh, when you think of the word Porter, you think of brown, like the bathroom. Because most people that deal with Porters deal with bathrooms, which is like your taste buds. Yeah, I've had sex in a Porter potty. <laughs> I've jerked off in one. Sponsored by uh, Porter. It, it was I've been to war. <laughs> All right, guys, uh, we are going to go ahead and let IPA go to the final round. Shocker. So here we go. The big showdown. Mexican beer with lime, which I think may have been an underdog coming into this, right. uh, especially because I created this 14 minutes ago and thought, I don't even know if this one will make it. <laughs> Versus IPAs, um, often considered the, uh, the the beer of the bros. Um, guys, do we have a favorite? As very close as this is, and I love the, like you said, versatility of said Mexican beers. I'm going to stick with the IPA. I'm going to go with Mexican beers. Okay, guys, we're going to go. Do I get to have my 30 seconds? Oh, yeah. We're, we're, we're going to go ahead and do a full 30 seconds. Can we get 45? It's um, for the championship. You will get 30 seconds and 15 seconds for rebuttal, which Thank equals you. 45. Do math or suck. Can I do both? Please. Hasley. Uh, you're you're up first. Go ahead. A wise philosopher once said, um, anything is a dildo if you're brave enough. That philosopher, naturally, was Abraham Lincoln. And uh, Abraham Lincoln, of course, knew back then. Another quote that he said is that the IPA to men is very similar to the pumpkin spice latte to the females. There's something about an IPA that is inherently manly while also in touch with our feminine sides. And if we neglect it for just a beer with lime, which over uh, covers the taste of actual beer, then what are we even doing? I ask you as Americans, knowing this is an India pale ale, to do like we all do and steal it, claim it as our own, put that American flag on it, and support the IPA. Thank you. Uh, this has been paid for by programming of um, Elizabeth Warren. Trump 2020. <laughs> <laughs> Both. All right, Iowa, your turn. 30 seconds. Anything you say is truth. Go ahead. You can have any beer you want as long as it's a Corona. That's all I have to say about that. Wow. Powerful argument. Rebuttal time. Hasley, passing it to you. 15 seconds. Keep it short. So does that mean I can't have a Dos Equis? Interesting take. Rebuttal back over to Iowa. That's correct. Guys, I'm on the edge of my seats. I can barely take uh, what's going on right now. <laughs> As the person who gets to make the official ruling, I think the presentation for IPA was best, but I will not be put in a basic podcast category. Mexican beer with lime will take it for the battle of the beers. <laughs> Collusion. The Russians were involved in this crap, weren't they? Uh, I have no comment. <laughs> <laughs> Investigation. Moeller's out of a job these days. Nah. Let's find him. 
All right, guys. I really appreciate you guys weighing in on that. Um, that helps me under, know what I would like to drink for tonight. It's not going to be feel like half. buying a little six-pack, taking it home, chugging it down, a little bit of lime. Who knows what will happen after that? You're going to watch Cops. I know what's going to happen. I may end up watching Cops. <laughs> you fellas want some Whaler? Sounds like a, uh, a, a pretty is, good Wednesday to me. Is that not a Japanese something or another? Did you say Whalers? So let's go ahead and uh, transition into our second topic. <laughs> Doodles of poodles. <laughs> Just kidding. All right, guys. What we're going to go ahead and discuss is the right to repair. Um, so right to repair is something that I think has been discussed um, at large since the early aughts. Um, I think it first gained a lot of ground nationally um, with the automotive industry. Massachusetts passed a bill in 2012. Um, though it wasn't adopted at the federal level, it was recognized by most automobile major automobile producers, um, basically saying that the necessary documentation and information is required for anyone to be able to re- make repairs on their vehicles. I think since then, the buzz has really been around consumer electronics. There's been a lot of pushes for uh, legislation. I don't believe anything has been passed to this date. Um, but the idea of um, you know being able to work on um, products that you have, uh, restrictions, um, withholding uh, companies withholding PI um, for the safety of uh, the, the consumer. Uh, is one of the reasons they've said uh, also so that their um, you know uh, intelligence doesn't get leaked, as well as it's actually made a pretty big uh, rise within the agriculture industry and farming equipment. So just wanted to pass it over to you guys. Uh, general thoughts on right to repair. Is this something that you are familiar with? Have you looked into it? Do you have an opinion on it? You want me to start? Yeah. I can start. Uh, I do have an opinion. I believe that once you purchase something, you should be able to do whatever the fuck you want with it. Preach. Plain and simple. Um, I do, however, understand Apple's position on warranties and being voided if you try to repair your own phone. Um, If I'm a company and I sold you some shit and you take it apart trying to fix it or do something to it and you fuck it up, I'm not responsible for fixing that for you. Like that's on you. So if they want to put in little devices that can tell when it gets wet or when it, when the, you know, the factory has been, or the package has been tampered with or something like that, like I'm fine with that. But I do think that we should have, you know, third party companies that should be able to work on our phones. We don't have to send it to Apple or any of these other companies that are messing with this stuff. Um, I really do like the option to do that. You know, recently my screen was messed up and Apple wanted to charge me over 200 bucks for it. And I looked into doing it privately for one of these, you know, rescue phone companies. It was a hundred bucks and it it probably would have worked out the same. Um, I kind of wonder how much this is going to be an issue going forward. Um, If it's going to get bigger, if it's going to just kind of level out. Because I feel like it's not just a, a phone thing. It's definitely like a car thing. Um... I feel like while there's not as much talk around the right to repair on your own cars, manufacturers are making it more difficult to work on your car. They're concealing things beneath beneath plates. They're using special tools and nuts and and bolts and things like that that you have to have special tools to get to. 
um, which sucks for the average consumer. I mean, how often do you guys work on your own cars now? Usually most people just take it to the shop. Um, surely there are those people that do, but I feel like it's definitely turning the other way because of things like that. That again, I think will also change though, because cars are becoming increasingly electric. I feel like within our lifetime, we'll all be driving electric cars, which require, you know, less fluids, less maintenance. You know, the big things, obviously the battery there, which we wouldn't do ourselves, but other things, I don't think we'd have to mess with as much. Um, so yeah, my overall take is I'm, I'm all for the right to repair and I'm all for companies also avoiding warranties if you fuck it up. So specifically going with Apple, um, you, you support their idea on warranties. If the phone has been tampered with, if, if you've, you know, sometimes they put a seal on it. If you break the seal, then, <laughs> then it's not there. Um, you, uh, talked about the, the, uh, being able to identify if there's been a lot of water, things like that. Um, it, they also, other controversial things coming from Apple is um, the monopoly that they hold on their parts. And even these third-party um, vendors who are looking to fix your iPhone not having or not being able to purchase um, Apple-branded parts, specific Apple-manufactured parts, as well as one of the bigger things I think that uh, came under scrutiny in the past couple of years is uh, the updates, right? So updates that were... Um, uh, were had programs in it or, or algorithms written right. in to throttle the performance of the phone. Um, they said this was so that the phone right. wouldn't shut off, right? Be overworked. Right. Um, they lost that in, in courts and, of course, had to start offering um, replacement batteries as well as the option to turn off the throttling effect. I was just curious, um, do you support all of Apple's um, side on all these topics or are there any that you disagree with? Um. That's a lot to take in all at once. That's what she said. No, no, she didn't say that. Trust me. (laughs) Uh, I'm going to pick on one thing you said there and kind of start from there. The whole idea around Apple creating a monopoly for themselves and using very specific parts that other people, it's hard to find. I feel like things like that over time sort themselves out. In that if we do have a free market system where anybody can start their own company and, and find these things that they are either will find a way or the market will shift away from this if it becomes a bigger problem. You know, if Apple, if Apple like royally fucks everyone, I feel like people will just start switching to Android or people will get creative. New companies will emerge. Um, you know, when problems like this arise, people get more creative. And I really think that'll happen. Um I don't know if this is as big of a hot button issue as I feel like it might be. I don't feel like it's that big, but if it did, I think it would definitely sort itself out. As far as the other issues around like throttling and things like that, that that sucks. You know, I feel like it would be a better position for Apple to be like, look at the iPhone one still running. People can still use it. My grandpa still has his iPhone two, you know, things like that (laughs) versus throttling them and forcing them to buy something new. And I feel like that would just be a change in perspective on how you treat your customers versus just trying to get them to upgrade every year. So does that answer your question? Yeah, no, I I think those are, I mean, your, your opinion is your opinion. I think you answered both the questions that I asked. Um, Hasley, I'm interested to get some of your thoughts on right to repair. Right. Um, I'm all for, I'm very libertarian on, there should always be an opportunity for someone who purchases something to be able to do, basic maintenance um, without 
running into all sorts of issues, which uh, I'm definitely, I know it's a surprise to you guys. I'm not very tech savvy. So when it comes to doing a uh, a repair on my phone or on a computer, I tend to pass and or punt to anyone smarter than me to be able to help resolve the issue. Um, I, I, like you said, both of you have said the, the idea of throttling the phone or losing the warranty as the manufacturer well within their demeanor to be able to do so. I understand that it's good for profits. I also understand that with all the apps and the way that the uh, pixels on the camera enhancements and all of the gadgets and gizmos that update on an annual basis that requires a new phone, uh, it would make sense that uh, older phones would not be able to support that kind of bandwidth. And I, I get it. So I, I also get the argument of also they're, they're a for-profit company. They're, they're trying to make a profit. Why would they not? Specifically since they kind of have people by the, the balls. They're, they're, they can do whatever they want. And as we have started to realize, some of the capitalism taking effect is that now the phone that I have, for example, uh, I get a new one every year. I lease it because it's not advantageous for me to buy one since it's going to pretty much be obsolete in a year or two. So that's... I think capitalism does have its kind of stuff. There is a monopoly on it with tech that only certain people can work on. Flip side, uh, the automotive industry, I I agree that we're probably moving towards electric, but if it's not an electric Hemi, I don't want it. Uh, Just saying America. Uh, But that being said, I, I find it difficult to change my oil, which is something that's a basic thing to be able to do. But the way that the oil filter is and the way that, uh, just the, the engine is, it's so very compact. Slanted driveway. Yeah. <laughs> this guy's always bringing race into it. <laughs> no, but the, 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 that's one of the things that I do find with all the technology on the vehicles. Um, it, it does make it to where uh, the average Joe or more importantly, my stepdad, Joe is not able to fix things on cars made after 2005. Not that he can't handle it and not that he can't grasp the idea of it, it's just that, like you said, specialized tools and or uh, different to reach. Right. They, they do everything they can to make it really difficult. And I get the, the person creating the car, the engineer or architect or whatever, they're thinking for more aerodynamic. They're looking for more efficient motors and everything like that. But it, it inadvertently or possibly purposefully it is hindering any self. I mean, for goodness sakes, trying to change an air filter. I have to unscrew several different things and the particular screws that they use aren't real ones. They've got those little star screws. Who, who puts that on there other than to try and, well, I could buy me this and then do it myself or I could just go into the dealership. And that's another thing too, is that you essentially have to go to a dealership for a lot of things, which they upcharge everything. I don't know. I, I believe in the right to work. I see the other side though of the for-profit model. I don't think that enough people are um, disciplined enough to find older vehicles, not that they necessarily want them to be able to do their own maintenance. So it kind of just comes with the territory. Do you think that right to work is something that should be addressed by the government? Are you saying right to work or right to work on your vehicle? Sorry, right Right to repair. Okay, I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. I, I'm saying both. Um, <laughs> no, I'm not. <laughs> right to repair. Is right to repair something that should be addressed at a federal level? I would never want a federal, ever, a federal level intervening 
on something that is purely capitalistic in nature and let the free markets work itself out. If there was enough of an uproar about people being able to do their own repairs, they would stop buying vehicles that they wouldn't be allowed to do that on. So your opinion is that you believe that the companies should be, um, that, that in good, if the companies were good willed, they would provide, um, vehicles and or electronics that had the ability or, or the intellectual knowledge that goes with those for people to have the right to repair. Um, but you think that if they choose not to, that, uh, that that's, that's okay, that the, the market will be the one to correct that? More or less. I would disagree with the idea of goodwilled because I, I don't think it's necessarily goodwilled. So for example, to put it on the other perspective, wouldn't you want the newest vehicle that has all the bells and whistles? And you don't even have to worry about working on it. If it's something you can work on, you're tempted to. And how many people have screwed up things by trying to do simple, quote unquote, repairs on their vehicle that have ended up costing it a lot more to get a professional to repair it in the first place. So I wouldn't go as a nefarious nature in the modern advancements of said technologies. I do think and it's more of just a person with a more frugal mindset tends to want to do those kind of things. But in today's society, I mean, people pay people to walk their dogs or clean up poo in their backyards. So I, I don't know necessarily think it's nefarious. I think it's just we as a culture have come more dependent on other people doing stuff for us anyways. And so they're giving what the people want. Interesting. Um, I, I agree with Hasley on one of his points where he talks about the government not intervening in companies like this. <laughs> um, I also don't, and this is kind of a new thought that I'm forming right now. I like it. Uh, so bear with me here. Uh, my basic stance is to agree with you that the government should be less involved in the day-to-day -day affairs of businesses and trying to restrict things. You know, I, I do agree that there's like, there should be some limitations on like things like pollution and things like that. If there's royally screwing the atmosphere and our water and things like that. But the simple fact is, is that they're not, they're involved in everything and money is involved in politics. Right. Businesses are hugely involved in politics. And it's like, if we could have one or the other, I would choose for the government not to be involved in all this stuff. And I think the people and the free market would figure it out for themselves. Right. But the fact that it's not, and it's not probably going to change anytime soon, probably not even in our lifetime. And knowing the situation we're in right now, I feel like the government should get involved in shit like this to make sure that consumers aren't getting taken advantage of by monopolies and bullies in different sectors and things like that. How far should the government go then? That's a great question when I don't have the answer. For. <laughs> it, it, it sucks. Like I really wish it was the other way around, but like we've let this go so far and money and business has been so involved in politics that like we have to do stuff about it because otherwise you get squished. Right. See, I disagree with that. In, in just the pure libertarian sense of the more you allow the government in. So let's take, for example, uh, what issue specifically, I mean, just for the sake of me going on a tangent, what, what uh, issue in specific would it be vehicles or phones that you I'd think say like uh, phone providers. Um, not, I'm not talking about Apple. I'm talking about like AT&T. Like if we just let all these companies merge and like Verizon and Sprint and all the stuff just gets absorbed by AT&T and we have one mobile provider, how is that good for the people? 
Or not disagree with that. And right. I agree with antitrust laws and things along and those exa- lines. And then that's the government getting involved in breaking up big companies. And like, you know, Democrat the candidates like Elizabeth Warren want to break up like Google and Apple and stuff like that, which I, I don't even know how that would work. But, right. you know, there are things like phones and like AT&T, like to me, they're a basic utility. They're not something that should be a monopoly like that. And I agree with that. Same with the health insurance companies. Like, should we have one health insurance company and how is that good for consumers? And I agree with you that things should change to where the government's not involved and the free market figures all this stuff out. But since it's not going to happen and money's going to stay in politics that I can see, right. we need somebody to be the middleman and be like, yo, this isn't working. Y'all need to stop what you're doing. I, I still think you're looking at it in a very limited view. We're using the scope of maybe what the past 20 years or perhaps our, just our lifetimes uh, versus the grand scheme of, I don't know, the thousands of years we have recorded uh, human acknowledgement. I listen to hardcore history. <laughs> Not lately. <laughs> Dang it. January's the last one. Come on, Carlin. What is he doing with his life? He's being better than all of us. But that, that's one of the things about it is that in, in any aspect, I, I would ask, okay, I, I'm, I'm willing to entertain the ideas. What's the natural first step? So then I can actually give something to disagree with or agree with. Yeah. And that's where I think you, you draw a hard line. So you say that phones are essentially a, a utility. Do I have a right to water? Do you? No, I, I don't. There's nothing in the Constitution that says I have a right to water. There's nothing that, I mean, I mean, even an unalienable human right that would say I have a right to water, so why would I therefore have a right to a phone? So we have no rights? What, what are the rights that you would say? No, I'm confused. I'm asking you. I, I mean... The rights listed, if you will, in the Constitution, there are several, but life, liberty, pursuit of happiness are essentially the big ones. And then they go into different rights that we have, free speech, Bill Bill of Rights. So you're saying like we have have a right to bear arms, we have a right to own our own firearms, but we don't have a right to water? Uh, Is that in the Constitution? The water part? Yes. Absolutely not. Okay. So do we have a right to water? I just told you no. Yeah. So we don't have a right to water. Yeah. What's so, your What's your point, though? Okay. So if we don't have a right to water, how would we have a right then to basic utilities such as a smartphone, as you indicated earlier? That's where I get it. So if we don't even have a right to water, I don't. Well, hold on, real quick. Where Where did you gain that we have a right to a cell phone from his statement? Because I'm lost on this as well. He said that phones should be a right. Because they are a basic utility such as electric or water. And I'm using the premise of that to state, do we even have a right to electricity or water? If we don't, why would we have a right to a cell phone? Okay, so I I see where you're going with this. Let me, I'd like to rebuttal back to Iowa then and phrase it differently. Um, You say that we have a right to a phone the same as a utility. When you say we have a right, are you saying that you think constitutionally everybody has the right to it? Or are you saying because it is something that's so essential to everyday life that it's something that may be um, overlooked or overseen by some type of government or someone who um, to, 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 to govern, I guess, whether it be the government or not, someone to govern the decisions that are being made for the, for the mass public? The latter. I'm not talking about an amendment. Perfect. So in that vein, for example, um, you don't have a right to electricity or water, but you have it. Why is that? Someone provides it to you. Or you provide it for yourself. 
Sure. That's essentially what you're saying when you go to any sort of phone. And I'm not disagreeing with the argument that, I mean, it's essentially a, a requirement in today's culture that you need to have a phone of some variety for whatever reason. Most people that I know don't even have a home phone anymore unless they use it as a fax machine because they're very, very uh, ingenuity of, of, of a theologian of mass intelligence and or big words bless you you very much (laughs) so no the the reason that i say that is when we go down a slippery slope as something is to be treated as a basic utility and to be regulated as such i i mean what are we regulated to so for example denton um has city provided a municipal um it's water and electric i don't have a right to choose any providers for it um, it is essentially a monopoly, if you will, but that's a government regulated monopoly that the, the municipality of the city got to claim, oh, whoa, 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 we're a municipality. We get to do this. And so now, um, what is it? Uh, Atmos, no, Atmos is propane. What's the Encore or Reliant or whatever? A- Atmos is also energy. That's why right? I have. Perfect. So all, all of these things are gas. It's my gas company. Perfect. I'm not allowed to choose even. Gas man. Right. Gas man. He's been flying. <laughs> nice. So the same thing, for example, I'm only allowed to have Verizon Fias in my house. The way that the contracted aspects of it work, I can't choose my provider. Oh, like gerrymandering. It's not even close to gerrymandering. But we'll th- figure it out one of these days. <laughs> Who is Jerry anyways? Just get a job. That's all I ask. I'll digress. When you go down the slippery slope of any sort of government regulation or start to claim it as uh, specifically a basic utility, there are already flaws that I've pointed out with the government getting involved specifically in the aspects of basic utilities. Would you not say by the same vein, internet is a basic utility? Then why do I only get one provider who sucks? If you let more government in, they haven't, they haven't done well with what they've been given. Why would I want to get I just want to add on real quick that if you think Verizon Fio sucks, I would hate to see you deal with Spectrum. I had them first in the other aspect of Denton because those are the only two providers. And you prefer Spectrum? No, no. I oh, don't. okay, okay. Just making sure. <laughs> Definitely not, but at least just, I want the just choice. Just checking your sanity let's, let's for a this second. Like, whenever I call Verizon and say I'm leaving, they laugh and say, no, you're not. You can't. Sure. That sucks. Like, well, yeah, okay. Well, I guess I'm going to just bend over and take it up the tailpipe. <laughs> sure, but I, I feel like, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, I feel like this conversation stinted from Iowa's opinion that it, at a level of, like, that there should be a level at which government steps in, and we agreed on antitrust laws. And so yeah. then the challenge then came into effect of, well, there's, you know, anti-law type of breaking within government control itself. But wouldn't that be a separate issue to have someone evaluate and hold accountable the people that are mandating that rather than saying, um, well, if the government can't do it correctly, then no one's going to be able to do it. Like I'm, I'm a little lost on where you're trying to go. I, I, I see you challenging um, ideas, but I don't understand where your endpoint or where where your vision is. So, could you clarify? Absolutely. Thank you for that. I ADHD. Sometimes I think I've said something that I have not. the The premise was using the phone as a utility and what we're going to do with it. I started with a question, and maybe I didn't say it. I might have just thought it. What would the first step be? And so that's where I go into the explanations of utilities. Is this is what I've seen the government do when given steps. 
if I don't even have a first step, I can't be on board with it, even though I do agree with the premise of a right to be able to do my own repairs. Sure. And I, I think Iowa said he doesn't know what the first step would be, right? Is, wasn't that your response? I mean, other than opening up Kiva's borders, I, I can't think of anything right now. <laughs> right. So, so, so do you have an idea of a first step? Oh, no, no. Uh, to the contrary. That's why I'm saying I'm, I'm against government intervention until I even hear a first step. That was, that was what I was getting at. Gotcha. Okay. So there's really not a disagreement, except the disagreement of is a phone a utility, and if it is a utility, what are um, the what 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 are the established rights of an individual to the utility and the governing body over them? Correct. Okay, gotcha. Let's wrap that up. Thank you. Yeah, with, I, with, <laughs> with a bow tie. I think no. I think it's a very good point. I, I think you raise a good point. The thing is, I don't think anybody else has anything to contribute. Okay, perfect. So the last thing I wanted to bring up on this topic that, that's in the back of my mind is let's say that we establish that a um, monopoly on services of your products becomes the ultimate funnel for revenue. Okay, so let's say we prove out in an Apple type model that restricting outside um, repairs to hold back all the intellectual property um, uh, uh, and preventing people to have knowledge of what's going on in an iPhone without basically experimentation of themselves. Let's say that's established as the most profitable practice. Is there a level that a company can take it? that you think would then start to either disrupt or be uh, disadvantageous, I don't know if that's the right word, um, but would be would be bad for the general public? Or do you think that because these companies have created something, they're not, no one's forcing you to buy an iPhone or an Apple product. Because they've created something that's so widely accepted, they then get to write the rules for what happens next and what happens within those products. Have you ever heard of MySpace? Sure. I had a top eight. <laughs> Was Tom in it? Of course, always. Always. So, again, I think that we're looking too close in a picture that there is no such thing as a monopoly because MySpace was all there was until Facebook came along. Then prior to MySpace, I mean, I used the Zynga. I love to do my blogs. Uh, does anyone remember how Twitter started out? Uh, in South by Southwest, it was presented as a communication tool, right. and Tim Ferriss was the 16th person to sign up. I that, don't know. That's like as much as I know. I, I, know, so, it's, I know it yeah. launched to South by Southwest in Austin. Sounds great. Tim Ferriss' first thing was probably Tim Ferriss goes to gym. Right. That was how it all started. Now, how, now what is Twitter viewed as? A uh, political platform, or at least an idea platform, right. and a central debate um, uh, source. A lot of companies use it for support as well, which I think Absolutely. is really cool. Like Slack went down the end of the day, and where did I go? I went to Slack's Twitter account so I could see where the fuck we were at with the fix. Interesting. So yeah. a PR type tool. Yeah. Interesting. Right. Twitter didn't start as that, but it morphed into it. And, and that's where yeah. I go, it, is that in this evolution time, and I get that technology is advancing at a rate that history of human uh, humanity has never seen this kind of advancement this fast. That being said, uh, you, you talk about what if it becomes the only option because that's what everyone has used. I think that if something becomes too much to take, 
people will move on or find alternatives or alternatives will come out based on the need filled by a monopolistic dictator, if you will, calling all the shots in a way that the public does not support. Okay. I wasn't sure where you were taking that because I don't think that's what I was asking, but I do think you wrapped it, wrapped it up well. My idea wasn't what if they become a monopoly and that's the only option. My idea was if, if it's agreed upon by all of the major producers that this is the most optimal sales funnel. Uh, a revenue funnel hmm. and all public traded companies number one goal is revenue therefore a, a mass adoption happens at the top level because i think you would and maybe you would disagree i think it's going to be hard for anybody to start something that would compete with the large players for example um you know is there how, how many companies do we think that are starting up that are taking on something like Amazon? Right. And, uh, right. And, and, and any of their right. ventures, right? Or or the moment that Amazon says that they're going to get involved in an industry, how does the, the market react within right. stocks and stuff? Because we've already seen they're willing to sacrifice absolutely so much money right. to take over market share with the hopes of a long-term revenue by choking out competition so right? why shouldn't they be rewarded for it no 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 absolutely that right I, that's i'm not saying i'm not <laughs> i don't have an opinion i'm asking for yours gotcha and i think that like i said you did make a great point at the end i just wanted to clarify my statement before passing it over to iowa to get an opinion i'll give 15 seconds uh i i understand more and i didn't tie it up very well but uh the the service if service becomes their most profitable type of thing um then more power to them for the instance of being able to be profitable as they were, because like you said, the sacrifice is typically made to get them to that position. Take McDonald's, for example, uh, back in the day, they, they were pretty much breaking even on their burgers, but they would make their money on their drinks and fries. And so if uh, people are able to make their money now, let's say they've lost money for, for years and now they're able to start turning a profit because of the service on their products we all use the products probably will reluctantly yet willingly get the service, giving them profit um, to continue using our products, which I think is probably net positive for everybody because I, I couldn't see an argument that the technology that we have does not benefit everyone. Brian out. Very nice. Thank you. Iowa. If you had to summarize everything that you said again into one question, could you do that for me? <laughs> sure, you didn't follow? I kind of did, but I just want to make sure before I start talking. Sorry, guys, I rambled a lot. Let's um, let, let, let's say that the idea of monopolizing services for your products is regarded as the number one source of revenue. So it's it's a key indicator of future revenue being able to isolate services on the products that you create. If that is an, is an ultimate truth that's then taken by every company that's publicly held, is there a point at which it gets taken too high that you think someone should intervene? Or do you think because they've created the product, they have the right to take it as far as they want to go? Gotcha. Okay. I think I get it. 
I'm going to try to use some examples here to see if I've got it and then we'll go from there. Sure. Um, for instance, I recently bought an iPhone. My old one broke. It was outside of warranty. I was pissed, but I understood. I didn't buy the fucking Apple Care because I'm an idiot. <laughs> and I was just like, fuck it. I'm just going to buy a new one. Um, these things used to cost 300 bucks, something like that. Sure. This one was $1,300. Oh, good night. Similar to Hasley, I leased it. So in two years, I can trade it in for another one if I want to. Um, should somebody intervene if that kind of gets out of hand? Like if it becomes like too cumbersome, if it becomes like everyone is doing that to where like the prices are just ridiculous, but like the product's good enough to where we can justify it, should somebody get involved with that? Yeah, I was thinking more along the lines of you were an iPhone X right now. Let's say we're an iPhone Z. And an iPhone Z, they've developed a, a level of technology where these third-party providers no longer can help. So it, it links with your brain and <laughs> knows what you're going to do before you do it and nobody else can compete. Should somebody get involved to be like, whoa, 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 we need to regulate this shit. Right. Well, we're specifically focusing on, and maybe I'm not phrasing this well, and if we're not, we can move on, <laughs> is right to, to repair, Right. So if the IP becomes so sophisticated and so well executed that no one else can work on your stuff, you have a problem with your iPhone, you can't take it to anybody. Nobody except grandmasters can understand what the hell is going on with, a, with an iPhone. And so the only way to get a repair is to take it to, I, to the Apple and for Apple to dictate what the, the, the course is from there. So... Let's, the Genius Bar is free right now. Let's say they start adding on cost to book at the, the Genius Bar. Let's say they start adding on prices to do this. What I'm saying is if, they, if they're smart enough and good enough to actually own completely the IP and eliminate all outside resources, and this then takes on to where every company is doing this because it is notified as the, as the number one indicator of continual revenue therefore every publicly traded company is following suit right i know i'm creating a lot of hypotheticals but if you were to create that world where the ip was so tight no one could break in is there a point where you think that someone like the government or anyone should be stepping in or do we concede this is capitalism if you can do it fucking uh hat off to you dude good job we'll pay we'll pay or we'll suffer in the world of hypo hypotheticals sure <laughs> i'm gonna throw out the like the ai factor here okay you know people like stephen hawking elon musk and others have warned about ai taking off and what the consequences of that could be and in this scenario let's say google figures out ai and it just like takes the fuck off to where it transforms everything. Should we just reward them and be like, you know what? Y'all are our overlords now. We submit to you. The United States of America is dead. It is now the United States of Google. Probably not. We should probably get involved and try to figure out how to maybe not stifle that technology, but use it for good. Or figure out if it can be used for evil, if we can stop it. This could be a whole other conversation, a whole other podcast about AI. 
but like this is the best way that I can conceptualize that because something as powerful as that could literally change everything. I could be out of a job tomorrow because of how much data changes hands with my current role. Like if AI could just figure that out and just do it, like how many people would that be put out? Like it could disrupt the entire economy completely. I mean, countries could be shattered by AI. Um, so I'm going to use that as an extreme example, a hypothetical, if you will. Somebody should get involved. Gotcha. Um, that's I, w- well spoken. I appreciate it. Definitely a different topic. Let's not open up AI. Cool. Um, <laughs> as a, an executive team, we need to make a decision. Are we good to go over now? I'm down. <laughs> I'm good. Okay. Excellent. So let's move into our third topic. And um, fun control, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, the it, fun it, police are everywhere. It's with great sorrow that we acknowledge some of the travesties that have happened as of recent. Um, there's been multiple mass shootings and the past couple of days and um, our thoughts, our prayers, our well wishes, our aura goes out for any of those that have been affected. Um, never, obviously I've never been affected by this. I can't imagine what people are going through mm. um, to have this sudden level of uh, change um, within their, their lives and their immediate family. But it's also brought up a lot of talk um, and debate around gun control. And I think that we are not doing our jobs if we don't preface this conversation that we are three um, Caucasian (laughs) males that reside in Texas, middle class, that all own guns. Um, But nonetheless, we have a voice. And I'm curious to hear as people who um, have not been affected as people who own guns, um, Iowa, who has military experience, let's open it up. Let's have a discussion. What are your thoughts overall on gun control? Jump in, brother. Um, I love the idea of quote unquote common sense gun control. My question would therein lie, <clears throat> what is common sense gun control? Where do you draw limits? Where do you draw lines? What does it look like? What are you trying to do? So for example, uh, one thing that has been mentioned is the universal background checks. Makes sense to me. Uh, there are several things that I think should be able to go across state lines, one of which is healthcare insurance. I'll leave that alone. But uh, why would me being in Texas, trying to go purchase a gun in Oklahoma, why would they not have access to laws that I may or may not have infringed upon in Texas? I think that makes sense. Um, But then again, sometimes uh, I'm under the impression that people don't necessarily have an idea of gun control. It's more about gun confiscation, which I find more uh, of a problem with. But I mean, if there was anything or any data or any sort of research to support whatever it is someone's trying to do to prevent whatever it is, and we could, I would love that conversation. And obviously, specifically, not just the tragedies of this past weekend, but 
I mean, we're old enough to remember Columbine. We're old enough to grow up in that era of, oh, yeah, no, guns. I, middle school in 40, we had bomb threats. So I, I understand the idea of, of, of fear within the school and what are we going to do to fix it. I'm just curious what proposals would be out there that would actually fix specifically the things that happened this weekend, which from what indications I've seen, none of the things being proposed other than gun confiscation, not that that would have helped either, would have been able to prevent these terrible acts. So just just to help you put a bow on it, Thank you. you are good with current laws. Is there anything that you would want to change and or improve, whether that be adding or negating current laws? Um, and I'll admit I'm not an expert on what the current laws are. All right. I, I, I mean, the... The, the universal background check is the biggest thing that, um, I mean, even top people in the NRA think that that's, that's not a bad thing. Of why, why shouldn't we be able to do that? I don't know why there's not a vote on to specifically records that would hinder someone getting um, a gun. Why, why is that not a national thing? If it's, and, and again, commonsensical, not about something that, oh, in, in high school you were uh, – drunk in public or whatever and since you were a minor it was mic mip oh well you can't get a gun i think that's stupid i don't think anybody's advocating that uh, i would be more so just I, i'm willing to entertain anything that would actually help again being ignorant to some of the laws out there there are not many things that i would change take away or add and unless there's a good proposal well let me ask you this if you were imposing and and i we're outside our element here, right, right, right. the nature of this, um, you know, a universal background check. What are red flags that you would want to see on a profile that may prohibit someone from buying a firearm? Um, so slippery slope in it, which is something I would want to find, but mental illness is one of the things that I think is vastly um, neglected in today's society. Uh, not that that, is the sole propriety of it. I think that there's uh, a loss of meaning that a lot of these people committing these terrible acts have. And even with the pr proper screenings and everything like that, you wouldn't necessarily be able to detect someone who's going to go off. Same reason that you wouldn't be able to detect someone who's going to uh, rent a U-Haul and ram it into a crowd, which is again why the mental aspect I think comes more into it than gun control. But I also have the issues with What's what's your question again? So that way, because I, I feel like I'm going to go into another tangent. So, so you support that. having a universal background check? Correct. My question is, what would you want to see flagged on a background check that would prohibit people from being able to purchase a gun? Mental illnesses such as schizophrenia, maybe maybe bipolar, depending on the. I'm sure there could be psychiatrists and psychologists who could properly, because I know some people that are self-diagnosed bipolar, and their psychiatrists will write off. Which is weird to me, but I'll, I'll concede to that bipolar, uh, schizophrenia. I also think domestic abuse, a history of uh, very extreme violence, not in like an involuntary manslaughter kind of way, but more so a purpose abuse and or assault. I think any acts of violence like that should be a red flag um, to prevent one from obtaining a gun. Okay. Excellent. I appreciate that. Iowa, thoughts, general thoughts on gun control? Um, you guys ever see signs 
outside of a business that says something like no food or drink allowed. Sure. Things like that. Absolutely. I hate signs like that. (laughs) I really do. And it's basically what's happening there is everyone is being punished because some fucking idiot did something stupid. (laughs) Would you agree? Very much so. Do you ever see a sign that's like, no jumping off the pier? (laughs) And it's like, that sign has a story. Somebody was fucking stupid. And I say this because people are talking about banning weapons altogether. Because people are fucking stupid. We're talking about a very, very small amount of people that do this. You know, for how many millions or hundreds of millions of people are in America... 110 million estimated gun Right. Exactly. What, less than 20 commit mass shootings in a year? I'm not to say, and I'm not saying that to belittle the kind of damage that they've done to our society and how horrible the things that they are have done, but it's like, it sucks. Like, like Alex said, I'm a veteran. I learned how to handle my weapon properly. It sucks that like even the notion of having that taken away just because somebody else was an idiot is even on the table. You know what I mean? Right. Um, that being said, there is a problem. I don't know how to solve it. You know, I think if anybody did, we would have already done it. You know, I, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of the onion. <laughs> and uh, after every mass shooting, literally every single one, they post an article that says, no way to prevent this says only nation where this regularly happens. And it's some light humor right. in the face of what we're facing right now. And, but it's a hundred percent true. Like you don't hear about this in other countries. There are things like the, like Nice, you know, France where like the guy took the truck, you know, kind of similar to your point earlier and ran over a bunch of people. Like there are things like this happening in other places, but nowhere near the scale that, that we're seeing. Exactly. Um, and it's like, what do we do about that? Is the answer to take away all the guns? And it's like, how would we even start doing that? And this is a horrible comparison, but like, to me, it's like, we have an obesity problem in this, in this right. country. Like, do we just take away the sugar? Like how, <laughs> how, how fucking easy would that be? How many weapons are in this country versus like, you know, how much sugar is in this country? Like, where would you even start? Right. You know, estimated 400 million weapons. Right. I mean, even if you got most of them, there's still going to be those people out there that are like, no, 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 I'm holding on to this for <laughs> life. I'm burying them in my backyard. Right. I'm saying they were stolen. Right. Whatever you have to do. Um, I always come back to this, and it's the idea of like a buyback program. I think Australia did it. I don't know enough about it to talk confidently. I'm definitely outside of my element, but I think that that's something that they did. And I could. I'm completely probably going to butcher this. So I'm just going to throw out examples. You know, if you bought your, your rifle for 200 bucks, they were buying rifles for a thousand. Correct. And it's like, why wouldn't I do that? Like I could use the money. Like that's a huge return on investment. And I think that that's kind of how they somewhat solved that issue that they wanted to solve. I don't know if that would work in America. Like, I feel like that almost take us bankrupt. We have a second amendment. (laughs) We have that and we have a second amendment. Um, I, I am for things like getting rid of bump stocks where you can turn semi-automatic weapons into Trump automatic weapons. That. huh? Trump already did that. I know that. Yeah, I, I, I'm not against mm-hmm. that at all. Like, I feel like that's right. probably the move. Do we need high-velocity weapons in the hands of regular citizens outside of like a combined environment like the military law enforcement? 
Real quick, is yeah. there a reason you had to specify Trump already did that rather than it's already been taken care of? The reason that I would specify that is based based on the hate that Trump specifically received this weekend over what is he going to do and he's a racist who wants to kill them, those kind of things. But but I, I don't it wasn't intentional to specify Trump already did this, but factually speaking, Trump already did this. Sure. <laughs> Figured you wanted the platform. Go ahead, Iowa. <laughs> um, Thank you. <laughs> You know, I'm all for background checks. I think it's a no-brainer. I think there is a mental health component to this for sure. I think it's complete bullshit that some politicians are blaming video games and social media right. for this kind of shit. Like, that's retarded. Can you say retarded anymore? I don't think you can. On this podcast, you're but, not allowed to. Okay, sorry. Say we, Todd, id. We'll go back and, and put something else in there. We'll make sure <laughs> we to make, edit all of our podcasts. We'll make that louder. So Matt knows Damon. Said it. Um, I, I think that gun control is a difficult issue. I think an even more difficult issue is mental health. Hmm. Like how, however, could we solve that? However, could we background check for that? How could we ever even take that into consideration? You know, it's obvious that if somebody's broke a law and there's background checks, we can prevent them from owning a firearm. But there's so many people with mental issues that are not recorded at all whatsoever. And looking at like a lot of the last mass shooters, most of them obtained their firearms legally. Most of them didn't have diagnosis of mental health that were prevented them from getting it. Like, I don't think that's the solution. I know they keep coming back to this as a mental health issue, but... How do you track it? How do you track that? And I've seen firsthand trying to get people committed to psych wards for mental health issues. And like, I can't even do it. Right. Like they won't take them or they'll, you know, they'll get in there and say the right things and get right out. Like it's not something we can quantify. It's not something that we can put on paper. It's not something we can hold against guns. Like, right. I say all this, not because. I have any answers, but it's like, I just want to shed some light and just like how complicated I feel the issue is. Right. And I feel like sometimes both sides are so adamant that they know the solution and like, this is it or this isn't it. And it's like, you don't know shit. Right. Like, this is way bigger than any of us imagine. We opened up, you know, this can of worms with the second amendment, which I, I still think was the right move. I think we needed it at the time, right. but it's like, it's got so beyond our control that like, it would be impossible to pull out now. Right. Well, let me ask you this. Yeah. Do you think the second amendment still resides with the intentions that it was originally set? Follow up question. Do you think it's still as important today? Definitely not the intentions that was originally set. I don't think that we're in a position where we need to overthrow our government like we were back in the day or that we need to be able to protect ourselves from our government. It's good to have the option in case things ever really went south. Um, I also take some comfort in that, like, who the hell is going to invade America? Right. Like, we already have the largest military by astronomical numbers compared to the second place. (laughs) But then when you factor in how many Americans own weapons, like we have the largest force by far. And it's like, who would give that up? You know what I mean? 
and and I almost feel like with us being the world police, and I might be going off in a different direction here, like maybe we're justified for that being the world police because of any other country or even continent, we're the most diverse. We are the melting pot. Right. We are the equivalent of all these other countries leaving their homeland to come here, you know, other than obviously Native Americans. So it's like, you know, you take all of the people from around the world, put them into one place and let them run shit. It kind of makes sense. Um, and again, I don't have the answer to that question, but that's just kind of how I feel. Yeah, that's all I'm asking for yeah. is, is opinions, has it? I agree with your second premise on the first premise. You said that um, the second amendment and I'm paraphrasing, so correct me, but essentially you said something along the lines of the second amendment doesn't provide what it was initially intended to. What I mean by that is uh, I don't think the threat is as high as it was back then. Right. So with that, I would say it's not now. But if we were to do away with it, who's to say it wouldn't? So like in, was it 2006, 2007, one of the richest countries in the world was Venezuela. Where are they now? Oil. Yeah. They had a lot of money. They had a plethora of money. There was no need. Um, their government, they, they, the citizens don't have a right to arms and now they're starving and there's nothing they can do to defend themselves. I take a look at North Korea and, and obviously they started on different premises than us. I'm not disagreeing with that. Yeah. But a, a dictatorship type government, a government that oppresses the people, the people are not able to defend themselves. Hopefully, and like you said, do do I think or foresee in the future there's going to be a, a massive attack on people with guns or a need to, to have the Second Amendment? No, I think that that's far-fetched. But I also think it's kind of similar to um, other countries attacking the U.S. or if a country was trying to uh, invade the U.S., how many gun owners do we have? What's our nuclear arsenal look like? Having a big stick and not needing to use it is sometimes the best defense, which having a second amendment, not that we would have a tyrannical government at any point that would oppress the people. There's definitely going to be a second thought to it that I, I would say that that is the purpose of it is mm, don't even think about it. Don't even think about it. And I, I would also say that anyone who says um, the second amendment meant muskets and they don't mean common firearms used today, I would say, are you, are you insisting or insinuating that the founding fathers didn't understand that technology improves things? Well, I, I'd like to rebuttal a couple of those ideas. I like it. Um, the first one being that if the government were to obtain some type of dictatorship and use government military force to overtake or invade or interfere. Are, are we not at a level that the government's weapons outdo your firearms? As in, why would they not just take care of you with drones and missiles rather than you know try to um, evacuate your thing with handheld pistols, shotguns, or assault rifles? Glad you asked. Um why, if the government had that kind of power, are we still in Afghanistan? If we have this government power to be able to take out whoever we want, like you're insinuating, and that I'm not disagreeing with the power of the national arm or, or, or the armed forces that we have. I'm saying you get a couple million people armed in the mountains. 
you can put a stop to the tyrannical overthrow of people trying to oppress you with those particular things that you're mentioning. Because uh, you take a look at the, the uh, ISIS or Al-Qaeda or whatever, the forces that they have are vastly outmatched when it comes to our firepower, yet they're still able to hold strongholds. When you take away the option to defend yourself by removing them for whatever reason, um, you, you take away the little thing that you have. I mean, that's that's what I would say is you can't say that they would be able to take it out when we've proven we have it. And I'm not saying that the again, I'm by no means saying that the American military isn't vastly superior to everything and that they couldn't take us out, but that would have to be a genocide. Like that would that would be the only way. There's not a way that they can come in and attack just the people who are armed. They would have to kill everybody. Very good. Very interesting. Iowa, any thoughts? Uh, not really. I, I keep going back to you know everything you're saying. It's like the movie The Patriot. Yeah. You know the Revolutionary War, and you know we were under British rule, and <laughs> and uh, with that, you know we became the guerrilla fighters. You know, they were the superior army and we fought from the shadows basically and they didn't know who we were and we'd pop out and we'd do our thing. Again, that was a different time. Right. You know, kind of to your point, Hasley, we don't fight traditionally like we used to. We don't line up our armies on battlefields and just right. go at it. You know, <laughs> we don't know who we're fighting half the time. Right, and I think if, if any sort of conflict did break out internally or externally, there would be a lot of that kind of shit going on because civilians would be intermingled. Right. I feel like now it's it's just like a nuclear arms race and it's just like a whose cock is bigger kind of thing. And it's the weapon thing is it's nice to have, but I really don't think it's as needed as it was back then to your original point. I think there is, um, you know, I agree to holding to the constitution and, and keeping our right to bear arms. And like I said in the beginning, I think it sucks that a few people are ruining it for the rest of us. Um, but something has to be done. I don't know what it is. Oh, I, I agree. If there was an easy fix. I think we would have done it. Um, I really don't know. Yeah. Sure. I'll leave it at that. Well, my, my second thing that I wanted to ask, and, and it piggybacks off what you were talking about with the nuclear race and kind of how it happens is, if the, the confidence that you gain from the numbers that you boast of American households who have firearms Mm -hmm. and how that affects an opposing country from in, I'm going to use y'all's words invading, right? Um, the U S my challenge to that is, are these company, are, are these, are these countries not in a position of understanding and would they not first try to decimate the land before invading? Meaning, if someone, knock on wood, right. this never happens at, with, with any country, but if there was an invasion happening, would there not be a, a strike of, of missiles and nuclears and, and things to attempt to wipe off a, a mass amount of people prior to the invasion and which then they set themselves up. Um, So does that 
Um, make it futile. Does yeah. that confidence weigh in when we realize, if we take a step back and, and realize that the weapons that are currently used today in that type of warfare um, are not affected by a standard firearm owned by an individual? You got this. If there's 110 million gun owners in America versus 220 not owning guns, which of that those two groups would you say is most likely to have a safe house and or a go bag and or already prepared for some sort of missile and or nuclear threat? I don't know, but I would say a small percentage of the people who own firearms would be the ones prepared, but I don't. I mean, all of us own firearms. I don't think any of us have a safe house. So we're 0 for 3 there. Wrong. Yeah. Wrong. Wrong. Uh, Kid- kidding. Maybe not a safe house, but have a safe, have a go bag and a plan and or uh, food supply in case. That, I mean, yeah, there's. I want to jump in here. Uh, to your point, I think a lot of this conversation is a little futile because I feel like most countries are chicken shit to use them. <laughs> Except for North Korea, but we got our eye on you. I think they're chicken shit to use them too. I think it's all talk. The United States is like, we're the ones that use them. I, I still don't know if it was the right move. Right. It, it, it accomplished our mission, but like at what cost? But like so many countries have them now. And everyone knows that if one person does it, everyone's going to freak the fuck out and do it too. And that's like, that's it. Mutually that's that's the end. And like everyone's afraid of that. And there's the human factor of like, you know, I forget what it's called, like the double key system where like two people have to make the decision. Like, are we prisoner's nuking? dilemma? Prisoner's dilemma. Like, are we going to nuke this? And I think most people back down. I think it's all for show. I really do. Um, I, I think the scenario in which we'd have to use our weapons is not a case when like we use mass destruction and then like whatever's left, we have to fight and squabble with what firearms we have. I think it's like a complete collapse of society in that there's some sort of ridiculous natural disaster, a fucking meteor hitting us or AI attack. taking over. And it's like literally Terminator six or whatever, where we're fighting the fucking robots that have taken over. And like, I feel like there's not many scenarios or like aliens coming, like terrorist attack on our electrical grid. Right. Exactly. Ted Koppel does a thing on it. Blow your mind. I believe it. It's like, I, I feel like the infrastructure of the world has to collapse until we're to the point where we have to use them and then we're glad we had them. Yeah. Like the real God's honest truth is like, we probably don't need them. You could probably take them all away and nothing would happen. Nothing would really be that different. But like I said, we've come so far. It's like sugar. We've come so far. It's so entrenched in our society. How the hell would we take it away now? Right. I've never heard of a law stopping a mass shooter. Exactly. But I, if I'm in a shooting situation and someone starts popping off and starts blowing or mowing over people, I want to, if it, it's my prerogative to have a piece to defend myself. And that's where it's, man, if the government can't keep the bad people from having it, only the good people are going to follow those laws, which means only the bad people who aren't going to listen to the laws anyways are going to have them. And then I'm left without any sort of defense and just hoping that the government is going to be able to save me like they did with uh, people in New Orleans after Katrina. So 
very valid answers. And I appreciate you guys being open and, and having this conversation. Um, I don't think it's easy in these times, but I think that every voice has a right to be heard. And so um, I will contribute in this last, last section. But to wrap this one up, I'd like to ask you the question, as a middle class, white, southern, American, gun-owning American, let's each take a second and answer what I think people may want to know and want to ask, and this is the only platform we may have, is why do you own guns? You first I don't know, to be honest. Um, you know, using the demographics you just laid out, like a white middle class man, I'm more likely to use this gun on myself than anyone else. Hmm. Statistically. Statistically. Um, to me, as a veteran, I think I'm a little bit more paranoid than most. <laughs> and it does give me comfort knowing that I have something nearby that can do the kind of damage that a weapon can do. You know, I spent over a year carrying a semi-automatic weapon literally everywhere I went to shit, to shower, to sleep, everything. Um, so there's, there's a comfort aspect there. If somebody breaks in, like I know that I can handle myself. I know that I can protect my family. I know I don't have to, you know, if I was in England, I'd have to use a fucking knife or something like that. You know, I, I can end it quickly. So I think it's a comfort thing. Um, also I, I enjoy the sport of it. I do. You know, I, I've, I've got out there and I've shot with my dad. I've shot with Micah. I've shot with other military friends and it's fun to, you know, sharpen my skills and go to the range and, you know, blow off some steam and see if I still got it. Typically I don't. Um, <laughs> but I, I think that is a factor as well is that I do enjoy it. You know, it's like fireworks. It's just cool. You know what I mean? And we all watch the movies. We all play the games and everything. It's cool to know that like if shit pops off, we can handle ourselves. I think that's all of those factors add up to why I own a firearm. Sure. Thank you. Of course. A um, couple of different things. Uh, I do enjoy hunting as uh, sparse as it may be. So I, I do have shotguns and rifles for that particular aspect of it. I also, similar to Iowa, enjoy uh, going to the range, testing out my skills. And like you said, usually they've diminished, yep. but there's still something just amazing and exhilarating in discharging your fire. There's just something about it that when you see the power and you, Oh, this is, this is really exciting. Um, to a more, I guess, vulnerable being outside of my element. Um, I, I was bullied a lot growing up and, um, Multiple times I, I was held down by multiple people and was punched savagely, those kind of things, and um, had absolutely no control. And, and it was one of those things, and by no means am I in the psychotic, like, oh, I wish I brought my gun to, gun to school and showed them. It was the feeling of being helpless and uh, not being able to have any control and bad things were happening and nothing I could do to stop it. And I think about uh, my wife. Uh, and at the house. So um, a couple weeks ago, some random dudes decided to do gutters in our backyard. And my wife calls me and says, there's some people on our deck right now. I don't know what to do. 
I, I, I just got out of the shower and there, there are people standing on my deck. And fortunately, I was only five minutes away. Fortunately, there was no trouble or anything like that. But the first thing I said to her, go to the gun safe right now. You, you already know the code. There's already, you just load it and go. You, let's go. We're doing this together. Lock the door. We got this. And it's one of those things of, I don't ever want to be in a situation where my wife is 100 pounds, 5'3". If one guy the size humble, of Alex, humble brag, humble brag, <laughs> my, one guy the size of Alex could take her down, much less three, and he's not much to look at. So, uh, <laughs> I mean, okay, he he does he does bring the guns if you know what I mean. Looking at his biceps, but it's it's one of those aspects of you never want to have to use your gun. I'm sure that there would be long term psychological effects of needing to discharge your firearm in defense, whether you kill someone or maim someone or whatever it is. But not having that option to me is far worse. And so having the ability to defend yourself in the hopes of never needing to use it is the reason that I own multiple firearms and have them uh, placed sporadically in case there is ever a need. And it's, you hope you never knew them or, or need to use them. Obviously, when kids come to the picture, they're going to be locked up and, and, and held in a very safe way to where uh, they won't have the easy access to oopsies kind of thing like that. But that that moment of I have no control. If I had a gun, what would I be able to do with that? Even if it's, I mean, worst case scenario, I, I, I'm at a Walmart and terrible things happen, and I go to try to pull my gun to try and save it, and I get shot anyways. Well, I would at least have had the option. <laughs> at least I got to do something versus just bending over and accepting it. And so that that to me is where the, if there's any control that I can have, I do want to have. Alex, why do you want a gun? Yeah, no, I I agree. I, I not with everything Hasley just said. Thank you. But um, <laughs> the the overarching theme for me is I um, don't pray, but if I did, <laughs> would pray every night that I never, ever, ever, ever have to use my gun. I don't ever dream of, hope for, or want a situation in which my firearm would be necessary. But in the small percentage chance that it happens, I want to have it. So um, I don't hunt. I don't do sport. I would like to, um, but I don't. So therefore I don't own anything. I don't own a shotgun. I don't own a rifle. I I own a handgun, um, which I think is is, uh, just fine for defending my home against invaders and knowing that that's a very small chance of happening, um, I'm not willing to risk 1% or half a percent chance um, of my personal property and of the ones that I love. So again, I own it in hopes that I never, ever, ever, ever mm-hmm. have to use it. Um, but if that situation did come, damn glad that I have it. Uh, so that's where I'm at. So um, thank you guys. Uh, This has been great conversation, as always. I appreciate it. Um, If you guys listening want to contribute to the conversation, feel free to email us outside our element at gmail.com is where you can find us. And uh, if there's nothing else, the dude abides. Dude abides. The dude abides.